This message is a product of Vortex Church in Albemarle, North Carolina. We thank you for engaging this conversation. Messages like this one are great resources to help us grow, but they cannot replace being a part of a local church. If you're not actively a part of a church, we encourage you to find one near you that fits you, visit it, and get involved. And we hope this message gives life to you today. Enjoy. Well, welcome everybody. How are you doing? Week three of a series called Gifted, diving into really understanding the spiritual gifts, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And throughout this year, we've been endeavoring to really try to talk about, learn, and, and grow our, our relationship with the Holy Spirit. This is, I believe, a, a time in, in the life of, of our culture and, and just for us that this is, not, this is not some casual conversation, okay? This is a, a necessary conversation about the power by which we live with, the, the giftedness that we rest in, where our provision, where our hope is. And for the last couple months, we've been really diving into, we're going to do that even more today as we talk about the spiritual gifts but before we get started, I want to just make you aware of something that happens next week for the very first time in the history of our church, which is almost now, it's hard to believe, but this fall will be a decade that we, we've been around. And um, I had someone just literally, this is so cool, I haven't even shared this, I'm probably going to preach this, just kind of sharing with me about what that means, just the, the, what God has done and what this next season is going to happen. It was so profound, just somebody who's speaking into kind of what our church is doing, who's, who's not a part of our church, just a, a leader in the church. And Next week, for, for the very first time, we'll be uh, one church meeting in two locations. And you know, you've been around. 2018, we bought a building. 2019, we started renovating it. And at the end of that year, we were, we were all prepped and ready in and, and April of 2020 to go to two locations. And, uh, and then March of 2020, we shut it all down, you know, for 22 weeks. And so um, it's, been, it's been the last year and a half. It's really been a, a learning lesson for, for us as a staff to prepare to get ready for that. And we're excited about what that's going to mean for, for us. So next week, just so if you're, you're asking what does that look like, um, worship both locations. As a matter of fact, we're doing the same worship songs. It's not even going to be like, hey, if I go there, it's going to be. We're do, doing the same songs, same locations, um, we're, we're, same message. You get free coffee at both locations, okay? I mean, amen for some free coffee, right? Um, same, same volunteers, kids ministry, both locations. Uh, the only difference really is that at our downtown location, the preaching will be via video. And so um, that's a little different. We, we actually prepared for that. That room was, was built, created, renovated, all of that for that specific purpose. And our team that's been there has just had a lot of good things to say about the way that that works specifically at that location. So starting next week, 9 and 10.30 here at this location, and then 10 o'clock at our downtown location. Okay, so um, it, it'll be a little weird because now I'll be like, I don't see some of y'all. I don't know if y'all, where were you? You know, so, so it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun for a few months to try it out and for us to kind of get our, our feet wet and, and what that means. And so I'm excited about what it's going to mean for our church, for our community, starting next week. Now, today we're going to deal with um, spiritual gifts. And 
I really want to look at this first. This has been kind of a hinge verse for the entire series. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12, uh, verse 1. Now, about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. And if we're honest... The truth is that many of us are remarkably uninformed about the gifts of the Spirit. And so today, we've kind of built towards this message. And if I can just plug next week and just say this. Um, I believe that out of every message that I have preached this year, that next week may be the most important one that I've preached all year long. It, it, when, when you take what we've talked about through filling of the Holy Spirit and then how the Holy Spirit helps us see relationships and then we go through this. I, when I put that all together and package that for you next week, it's going to make sense for some of you for some of the pain that you went through. It's going to help you see how some of y'all, I just keep self-sabotaging my life. It's going to help you see why you're doing that next week. Don't miss it. But this particular message, we're really going I want you to leave being informed about the gifts. So what is a spiritual gift? Here's the definition I've been giving you. A spiritual gift is a supernatural ability from God gifted to each of his children to advance his purposes in this world. It's a supernatural ability, okay? It is not something I was born with. I'm not naturally inclined to that. It was something that I was gifted with from the heart of God. I I am now gifted with that from God. It's a gift to make a difference in the kingdom of God. It's not about building my self-esteem or about me building my kingdom. This is holistically gifted to me for the purpose of building the kingdom of God. And the Bible actually encourages us to desire these gifts. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1, follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. When it says eagerly desire, the Greek word, the original text, actually means to lust after. That's the word that's used there. We're literally given permission to go, God, I really want that. It would be awesome if you would make that happen. And did you know, especially prophecy, why the prophetic? Last week, if you were here, I I spent a whole message talking about the prophetic gift. Why does the Bible say, especially the, I, I think it's because of how the prophetic gift works. So last week I gave you this real simple template. How does the prophetic gift work? Number one, God reveals himself to us. God gives me insight. God gives me a word. God reveals himself. And then number two, I interpret what God has revealed. God showed me something. I, I just kind of saw something for my kids or for my wife, and then I spent some time trying to understand it and interpret it. We, we spent plenty of time last week, if you weren't here, diving into how those things work, and then we share. So God reveals, we interpret, and then we share. The prophetic gift actually sets a pattern for how all the other gifts function in our lives. It's real simple. God gives us something, and then there's a purpose that as God has given it to us, it should flow through us. All right, so the prophetic is, if I heard a word from God, I don't just sit on it. It's actually for somebody. There's a purpose that God gave it to me for. And so it's allowing that grace from God to flow through me, that generosity to flow through me. So today we're going to talk about the gifts of the Spirit. And I'm going to give you some classifications of the gifts, okay? So really kind of grouping them together so we can talk about them instead of just exclusively one by one, kind of in groups. And so uh, the first classification would be gifts for ministering to others. That God gives us gifts that supernaturally enable us to minister 
to other people, okay? And then there are gifts for serving others. You're, you're going to see the word others in all of these because every time God gives me a gift, it's not about me. It's about somebody else. I'm gifted to serve somebody. I'm, I'm gifted in a way that, that it allows me to, to meet a need and to be there for somebody. Then number three, gifts for reaching others. Gifts where God has enabled me through a unique supernatural gift to reach, to, to literally see somebody who's far away from God to be reached, to come close to God and to turn their life over to God. Gifts for reaching others. And then there are gifts for strengthening others. Gifts for building people up. So what we're going to do today is just go back through each of those four uh, categories and I'm going to talk about the gifts that go in there. And, and in an effort to just really make sure we talk about that today, I'm, I'm going to show you not, not a, a kind of exhaustive list, but a, but a pretty good list of what the Bible would call gifts that go with those categories. So let's talk about the ministry gifts. Let me give you some examples. Administration is a gift listed in the Bible. And someone who's a gifted administrator can take a broad amount of tasks and go, well, we can give that to that person and that would be a good thing for that person. It's, it's a gift to be able to see the vision and to be able to administrate the opportunities within that vision. Apostleship is listed as a gift. Apostles are people who plant churches. They start a new church. They grow it up and raise up other leaders they turn the church over to that leader, and then they go and plant another church. And they keep doing that until, you know, you look over the course of their life, and they've planted 20 or 30 churches because they've just been able to grow leaders and plant churches. Apostleship. Leadership is actually a gift. Leadership. That, that I'm, I'm, I'm gifted by God to, to garner influence and, and keep people focused on a vision. Keep them motivated towards achieving that vision. Leadership, pastoring is a gift. In the Bible, it's called shepherding in, in some places, pastoring. And, and really, it's, it's a gift. And I said this in the first service, that it's, it's a grace too. You know, the, the word that's in the original text for gift and grace, they're only, the, the root of those words are real close it's kind of it's kind of a you you need some grace if you're going to shepherd some people because here's the thing about about shepherding sheep sheep bite and and you need a little bit of grace in dealing and you know what I've come to know our staff would say yeah you need grace but you also need some grace when you're dealing with Kevin too right well, all of us need just that's people people need grace and so pastoring is 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 one of those gifts teaching is a gift. The ability to supernaturally take things that are complex and difficult and convey them in a way that's accessible and relatable. Teaching. Now look at how the Apostle Paul conveys this sentiment in Ephesians chapter 4 where he references a lot of these gifts that we just talked about. Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and the teachers. And here's what he did. He gave them to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and then become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. God's given some people in the purpose of their gifting is actually for the church to be set aside for vocational ministry. 
But as we talk about ministry, I want to make a point that needs to be said today. And this is, if you're taking notes, this is in your notes. Every Christian is called into the ministry. If you're, if you're a Christian, you're a Christ follower, there's nothing in your life that's devoid of purpose and meaning. As a matter of fact, some of you, uh, I, I look around the room, there's some of you that are business owners and you have uh, a, a lot of employees and some of you are, are, are parents and you, you've got kids and everything that we do where we, we have influence is an opportunity for us to minister. Ephesians 2 says this about every person in this room. We are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. I don't care who you are, where you're from, what your life looks like, what stage of life you're in. You need to hear what I'm saying. God made you, created you to do good things through your life. There's something good in your life right now that God wants to do through you. We are made in the image of God, created to do good things. And then the attitude by which we do them is described in Colossians 3. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Now, just put that together, that God's positioned us eternally to do something that's good. And when I do that good thing, I'm supposed to do it in a way that, that honors, whether in what I do or what I say, that honors God. That's ministry. Here's the thing. Everything you do is an opportunity to reflect Jesus into this lost and broken world. Everything, whether it's dealing with a client or, or dealing with the customer or dealing with a, a new product that you're launching, if you're a teacher, the kids in your classroom, every, even if it's just raising your kids or dealing with your spouse, everything you do is an opportunity to reflect Jesus. You're called into the ministry. But then two, don't you see this about giftedness? God gifts some of us specifically for vocational ministry. I said this in the first service, and I just want to say it again. I want our church to be a place where young people, not only do they fall in love with God, but they fall in love with the church. And God gifts and call some people into full-time ministry. I want churches all across our country to be blessed by young people who were called into the ministry here in our church. And you know what's amazing? I say sincerely, we, we've, got, we've got days during the week that we have kids who are giving up a whole day to just say, I'm here, I'm going to give up a whole day of my, my week to just come in and serve as an intern. God's literally doing that right now. That God, God calls people, equips people to, to vocationally serve the people of his church. And why? He answered that in the verse that we read out of Ephesians. To equip his people. That we would be prepared to come into a moment like this where you would walk out of this moment with more than you had when you walked into it. To build people up. That you would walk out of a time of ministry and you would feel like my, my cup is full. I've been built up. That we would reach unity, not division. This is part of leading a church. Do you know what the word division means? Die means two. 
It means we have two visions. That's when you get division. And it is the the charge of somebody who's leading God's church to protect God's vision and to make sure that we all stay in unity around what God has called us to do. And then as we do that, we work so that people become mature, so that they grow in their faith, so that they don't stay little little babies in the faith. They, they take the next step and the, and the next step. This is the calling of those who have ministry gifts that God sets aside into vocational ministry. Now, Here's the good thing. God, God gives us a lot of gifts. And some of those are used for, for ministry, but, but some of the most common gifts are used to serve others, are used to literally to make a difference one-on-one in somebody's life. Here's one of those gifts. It's called craftsmanship. If I was ever able to build anything, it would be, be because God gave me this supernatural ability of craftsmanship because on my own right now, I cannot build a thing. I'm not going to put together a chair or a table. You wouldn't want to sit on it if I did it. But God gives something, and this is, again, this supernatural empowering to to look around and go, I have this and I have this and I I know they need that and I can make that for them. And so it's that I want to, God's given to me, I'm going to let it flow through me. Helps. This is what the Bible calls this gift, the gift of helps. And it's really this, I see you struggling, and I see you not, things aren't going good, and I, I just want to come beside you and help you. As a brother and sister in Christ, I'm, I'm here. You want your lawn mowed? I'm, I'm here to, I'll, I'll, I will, I'll wash your dishes. I'll, I'll fold your clothes. I'm just here to help. The gift of hospitality. I've been given this space or this home, and now I have this, this God-given instinct to invite people into it won't you come over i'll cook you dinner sit down can i get you something to drink hospitality is a gift the the bible describes the gift of giving the gift of giving and a lot of times we talk about people being having the gift of giving as as people have a lot of money and the bible does not talk about that as a matter of fact, in, in, especially in some of the writings of the Apostle Paul, the people that the Bible describes as having the gift of giving are people who don't have a lot of money. You know, God establishes a baseline for us to understand what, what financial responsibility looks like. That's returning 10% of our income to God. That's called a tithe. Ten is tithe, okay? And so uh, above that is, is generosity and and we're supposed to be generous people, but in, in the book of 2 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul is talking about the church in Macedonia. And he says, you know, out of their poverty dwelled or, or grew this rich generosity. And goes on to describe their giving. He said they gave above what they were capable of doing. God gifted them as givers. And they, they took it um, and, and they even out of their poverty, they were willing to give. That's the gift of giving. It's the gift of serving, okay? Serving is like helps where I just want to go help somebody. But instead of showing up as a brother or sister, those who are gifted in serving show up as sons or daughters, I'm not, here to, I'm not here to kind of tell what the vision is. We're not going to argue about how things should be done. I'm just here to do it however I can do it to help you. I'm just here. I'm, you tell me it's your vision. I'm not trying to create. I'm just, here. I'm just here to serve that, the gift of serving. In 1 Peter chapter 4, the, the writer Peter said, each of you should use whatever gift you have received 
All right, God gave it to me to do what? To serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. In other words, every time God gives me something, I'm gifted with it and I have to be a good steward over it. And I want you to see this principle when it comes to this, that the serving gifts allow God's generosity to flow through us. The serving gifts allow God's generosity to flow through us. I've received something from God. And now instead of holding on to it and making it about me, I just let God's generosity flow through me. Go back to God's prophetic gift, right? That I receive a word from God. And instead of sitting on that gift, I actually purpose in my heart that I'm going to share that word, whatever he gave me with the person that he called me to share it with. It's important. This is so important when it comes to spiritual gifts that we learn to see that if I'm ever going to live in the giftedness of God, I've got to learn to see that God is my source, It comes from him, it flows through me, but it all has a purpose. It's not about me, it's all about what God is doing through me. And the the temptation, you've got to know this, is to take what God has done to you and to keep it to you. God has blessed me and I keep the blessings for myself instead of releasing them into the world the way he's called me to. God gave me a word and I held on to that word. I didn't give it away. God gave me resources. I held on to the resources. I didn't give them. God's gifts are not about you. They are about other people. And how sad would it be if we co-opted God's blessings in our lives and used them only for ourselves, how sad would it be if you looked over a season of your life and go, God, I know you, you gave me that financial blessing to bless somebody else, but I bought new shoes and we went on a vacation. God, I know that you gave me that margin of time so that I could serve somebody else, but instead I used it for my own comfort and for my own self. How sad would it be? It's so sad that when you look in the Bible, The stories of people who actually do that are tragic. There's a parable Jesus tells about a farmer who has a bumper crop, a lot of of crops, and instead of giving it away, he takes it and he says, I'm going to build bigger barns. And Jesus says, you know what? Tonight you're going to die. It's a really harsh treatment. Of somebody said, God bless me, but I'm going to keep it to myself. The parable of the talents, the master who gives one servant one talent, which is kind of a, a, a bag of gold, and one gives three, and one gets five. And then there's the, the master leaves, and when he comes back, the one with five had invested it, and now he's got ten. And the master, well done, my good and faithful servant. You were faithful with a little, now I'll trust you with more. And the one with three, he'd went to work and he, he earned three more and now he has six and he gives it to the master and the master says, well done, you good and faithful servant. You were faithful with a little, now I'll trust you with more. And then the one who had one, I think we can identify with him. He was scared. What if I lose it? What, what, what if I make a bad investment? 
What, what, what if he comes back and, and I only have half of what he gave me to start out with? What if, what if, what if? And so he went and buried it. And when he came back, he's, here's all the money you gave me. It's all there. And he called him wicked and lazy. And he said, today I'm going to take what you have and I'm going to give it to somebody else because that's not what I gave it to you for. And some of us are sitting there thinking, but what if I give it away? What if I, I, I know I've got that money for, but what if, and what if, and what if I spend that time and I don't take time to what what if what if and God's going no what ifs you I'm the one who gave it to you you got to trust me and live out my purposes in it I want you to see this about the serving gifts using the serving gifts for God's glory leads to greater blessings when I take what God has dropped into my life to bless other people and I use it for what God gave me, I'm going to be like the one with the, with the five that turns to ten and the three that turns. God's going to give me greater opportunities in the future. In Luke 16, Jesus is speaking to this in a different way, out of a different parable. And he says, if, you, if you're faithful in the little things, you'll be faithful in the larger ones. But if you're dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. And if you're not trustworthy, if you're untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who's going to trust you with the riches of heaven? Some of y'all, God has positioned you to be givers. I mean, I'm talking big time givers. And instead of being a giver, you, you have, I'm, I'm going to take this and use this for me. And, and I want you to see what, what is being said. Now, I'm not, I'm not talking about you can't have fun and you can't have nice, that's not, that's not at all what I'm saying. But when God blesses you, God's got a purpose for what he blesses you with. And you got to be faithful to that purpose. And what does he say here? If I can't trust you with worldly wealth, how can I trust you with the things of heaven? We got to know that when I'm faithful in the serving gifts, God opens the doors to greater responsibility and opportunities. The serving gifts. Now, let's talk about the reaching gifts. The gifts that are uniquely designed to reach other people in this world who are lost with the message of hope that we have in Jesus. One of those is evangelism. The, the gift of evangelism. Some of y'all have known an evangelist, who, just somebody who could talk to you. And as they talk to you, they would just, they're supernaturally gifted to be able to take that conversation and turn it to God and ask you, how how you doing with Jesus? Are you walking with him right now in your life? Just naturally gifted to do that. Sometimes it's on a really big stage in front of a lot of people. The gift of evangelism, the gift of miracles. God would give some to be able to do things in and among people that demonstrate his power. And when the attention of the miracle comes, then all of a sudden people are going, well, tell me about the God that allowed you to do that. And, and people come to know Jesus. The gift of missions, where God works in somebody's heart and gives them desire to leave the, their comfort behind and, and get out of their life and literally some, even for, for long periods of their life, to move across the world and to live in uncomfortable places and to serve the church and to see people come to know Jesus. The gift of faith. 
Now, there's some people who just believe. I mean, just God gives them the gift of faith, and they show up when things aren't going well, and they'll say things like, you know what, I believe God's got this. I know it's, we don't know how it's all going to work out, but God's going to take care of you. God's going to heal you. God's going to save your marriage. We need some people who have faith in our lives. And then the gift of tongues. In Acts chapter 2, the, the people who encounter the Holy Spirit spill out into the, the crowd speaking in other languages, the gift of tongues. Anytime you talk about the gifts of the Spirit, people want to talk about the gift of tongues. And so here's what we've done. I prepared a, a standalone message that is on the gift of tongues. If you're like, I've never heard about that. Well, you need to watch it, okay? So it will debut on our app tonight. And so if you're interested in learning about the gift of tongues, uh, we have a whole 25 minutes for you to dive into talking about the gift of tongues. And it'll be available uniquely on our app, available tonight. Now, I want to point this out when it comes to reaching others. We are all, all of us, we're all called to reach other people. We're all called to. One of the last things that Jesus says before he goes to heaven after having been resurrected comes out of Matthew 28. In Matthew 28, this is what we call the Great Commission. Jesus said, and this is for everybody, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. We're all called to do that. Every one of us is called to go, to declare, to make disciples, to teach. All of us are included in that. And here's why. I want you to see this. Number one, we all have a unique reach because we all have unique lives. There is nobody on this planet that encounters the people that you do in your life the way that you encounter them in your life. Your neighbors, your co-workers, your kids, your mom and dad, the old lady down the street that you, you, you help take care of. All, all, there, there's, there's things in your life that are unique to you. And that matrix of who's around you is unique to you, which means that out of that unique life that you have, you have a unique reach. There are people that out of his wisdom, God knew that somebody like you could make an impression on them. And he put you out of everybody that could be in their lives. He put you in their lives. So I want to say this, not having a gift is not a, a reason to stop trying to reach into the lives of people. If you've ever taken a, a next steps or a starting point, I teach in that, how do we reach people for Jesus? And so I'm going to do this real quickly. How do we win people over to Jesus Christ? Number one, you take responsibility for the people in your life. Some of us know there was somebody who took responsibility for me. I know they were praying for me. They were inviting me. They were talking to me about Jesus. They took responsibility for my life. And you got to take responsibility for the people that are in your life. Number two, build a life-giving relationship with them. I mean, literally get in and love them and encourage them and let them know that you care because people don't care what you know until they know that you care. You got to build a life life-giving relationship with them. And then number three, 
Share your story. This is one of the most empowering things I think I've ever seen in the Bible. You know, the, the, the Bible never tells you you've got to be some kind of uh, Bible quiz champion or, or a, a theological expert. Jesus said in Acts 1.8, here's the plan for the growth of the church. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the other most parts of the earth. You will be my witnesses. And a witness on a stand only has to do one thing. They tell their story. That's all God needs. Whatever your story is, it's enough. Share your story, and then when God opens the door, give an invitation. Now, you might give an invitation out of your comfort level in that relationship. Just say, hey, you know what? Uh, would you like to give your life to Jesus? But maybe your, your comfort level would be, hey, would you come to church with me? Because I know if I invite them to church, they're going to hear about Jesus when they come to church. All right? We, we do this together. This is how the church works and functions and operates. This is not one person's job. It's not the, the staff. on. Remember, what's, what's the staff at, at a church? They're there to equip people and, and to build you up. But we reach people together. We reach people together. But I do want you to see this as we talk about it. God does gift people to reach large numbers of people at one time. Now, many of us in our contemporary culture would be familiar with Billy Graham, who died just a few years ago, called North Carolina his home. Billy Graham was, was somebody who, who really utilized, out of that giftedness, utilized the emerging media of TV to reach millions and millions of people, to fill stadiums with people, just, I mean, just stuff you wouldn't have imagined it, and to, to clearly and articulately proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. But there, there are people even in our contemporary day that many of you have never heard of who did the same thing. Can I, I want to introduce you to somebody that you should go out of here and try to, try to I want to listen to some of his messages. I want to read a little bit more about him. This is a guy named Reinhard Bonnke, okay? Reinhardt was born um, right around the time of World War II. He was a small child through World War II, and he grew up in Germany. And, and, and his dad, after the war, became a pastor, but, but he suffered from a lot of PTSD from, from the war itself. And so his dad was kind of a, an unkind man. And at an early day in his life, he heard somebody talking about Africa. And he, and he felt God when he was five or six, just calling him to go to Africa. And his dad discouraged it. Tried to talk him out of it. But he ended up going to Africa. And he, he preached in, in Africa to millions and millions of people. Based on, on their own ministry's groundwork and what they understand happened throughout the years. Reinhardt died just a couple years ago. I mean, I mean he is, he is a... a a powerful figure in the body of Christ. He died. They, they credit around 79 million people gave their life to Jesus in these large gatherings with Reinhard Bonnke. God gifts people through different generations to be that kind of a voice. Okay? So there's the reach gifts, but then the question is logical. Well, what do we do with them after they've come to know Jesus? And that's where the strengthening gifts come in. 
Last week we talked about the gift of prophecy, that we, we hear from God and then we take what we've heard from God and I speak it into somebody else's life. The gift of, of discernment, that really it's called the discernment of spirits, that, that I can discern that we're, we're dealing with an attack of the enemy and that there's spiritual forces at play and I, I kind of discern what the Spirit of God is at work doing. All right, the, the gift of the interpretation of tongues. And so when you talk about tongues, that one use of that gift in 1 Corinthians 14 is that in a large gathering, somebody would speak in tongues and somebody would then interpret that. Words of knowledge. Right? This is kind of like the prophetic, but it is very specific in being able to give somebody insight into their life. The gift of wisdom. You know, we like to talk about people who are maybe a little bit further along in life and saying they have some wisdom. But you know, life can give you experience, but only God can give you wisdom. Wisdom is a gift. Solomon, who's the son of David, who became king of Israel, is, is actually, God says, Solomon, I'll give you whatever gift you want. Whatever, just tell me what you want. You know, and I would have been like millions. That's what. Just give me some money, God. But, right, but he said, would you give me wisdom? And God said, I'll give you every other gift. Because that's the best gift that you could ask for, wisdom. The gift of intercessory prayer. To intercede means to get in between. All right, I'm going to get in between. And, and an intercessory prayer warrior is somebody who knows that there's a need in your life and they get in between you and God and pray over that need. You need some people in your life that have that gift, that you know you can call them and say, I'm struggling with this, we're going through this, I got this happening, and they're just going to get in between you and God and they're going to pray about it and they're going to pray about it and they're going to pray about it until the burden has been lifted. And then there's the gift of healing. Where a lot of times in the Bible, it's the, the laying on of hands on somebody and, and there, there's no medical reason. It's just literally God's divine power that intersects them in that moment and people are healed. Now, I want to go back to why God does all of these things in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 3. It says, the one who prophesies speaks for their strength, for the people who they're serving to, for them to be strengthened, encouraged, and comforted. Okay, And I want you to see this about yourself and about myself. One of our greatest needs in this life is spiritual strength. If I were to go to you and ask you, what do you need this afternoon? Some of y'all would be like, could you take my kids for a little while? Could you cook dinner for me tonight? Could you come clean my house? And all of those things are, are, I understand that they're helpful, but I want you to see the way the Apostle Paul prays for the church in Ephesians chapter three. He says, I pray that out of his riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit, where? In your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. He's saying, listen, you're not tired. You need strength in your spirit. You need something that a, a good night's sleep and a good meal won't give you. Physical strength is helpful, but we need spiritual strength, and we need people around us that are gifted to help us find it. 1 Timothy 4 says physical training is of some value, but godliness or training in godliness has value for all things, both holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. And so God does give us gifts to strengthen each other. When we talk about the gift of, of prophecy or things like words of knowledge and, and healing, 
I'm just going to say this. When, when I see somebody healed, it, it literally in my heart, something happens within me that I just go, I, I, I'm strengthened in my faith in God. We need to understand that one of our greatest needs is to be strengthened, spiritually strengthened. So think about those categories. Ministry, gifts to, to minister, serving, gifts to serve others, reaching gifts, gifts to help reach people who are far away from God, and strengthening gifts to help strengthen those who are, who are following Jesus. As I was thinking about that this week, I realized you know, the question in our life is not what do you have? Because that's the question so many of us say. I, I'd go serve somebody if I had more time. I, you know, I'd give if I had more money. You know, you know I'd, I, I'd say something that would be encouraging to somebody, but I don't, I don't have what they have. The most important question is not what do you have? The most important question is what are you doing with what you've been given? Because all of these gifts reflect the nature of our God to give to us. To give to us. I mean, go back to ministry gifts, right? I've been given insight and influence in the lives of other people. And so what do I do? I give my life over to leading people and helping empower them to get close to God. The serving gifts. I've been given these resources and I've been given this time and I've been given this ability. And instead of using it all for me, I'm going to give it away so that I can serve others and help others. The reaching gifts, those who reach people who are far away from God. I've been given influence in the lives of other people. I, I have an ability to, to communicate and lead. And so I'm going to use my influence to literally push people closer and closer to a life-giving, life-changing encounter with the gospel of Jesus. The strengthening gifts that I've been given. I've been given this insight and this revelation. I've been given this word from God. And instead of, of keeping it for myself. I'm, I'm going to give it away. I'm going to give it away so that other people can be built up and strengthened. I hope you see this. That there's a deep connection between me living in the gifts that God's given me and at the same time I've got to be close to God. Because I've got to get something from Him if I'm going to have it, to give it away. I mean, I've got to be, some of you want to speak life into your kids, but right now you're not close enough to God to get a word from God for your kids. Some of y'all, I, I really want to have the right kind of things to give. I want to be somebody who shows up and serves and don't make it about me. I'm just there. And you want to know what? You got to be plugged into God so that you can see those opportunities when they come. So that you can advance into them with the right uh, attitude and heart. And sometimes we just got to see, I'm, I'm not really plugged to God the way that I need to. I hadn't really been getting from God so that I can give from God because here's the truth I said this for a few weeks and you got to see this at some point you can't give what you don't have you can't give it away 
if you're not getting it from God. And the the invitation into living in the gifts of the Spirit is really, I've, I've got to have a relationship with God where it allows me to receive from Him. I got to spend some time in His presence. I got to spend time in His Word. I got to get around some people who pour into me. I got to have some pastor in my life. I got to have somebody who's speaking into me. I can't do this on my own. I got to have a community of friends around me. I got to spend time literally just worshiping and getting centered on God. I got to spend time because in that I receive. And then I can give. But the sad truth is that in a room like this, there are a lot of us that don't have anything to give. Because you can't give what you don't have. You haven't been loved by God. And so you don't have the love of God to give away. You haven't been spending time in God's Word. So you don't have a word for your kids. You don't have a word for your spouse. You can't give what you don't have. Can we pray together? God, right now, I just pray that for some of us that, that this would be a moment of conviction, that you would call us into a, a new type of relationship with you. God, that we would put off this old, like, yeah, I, I go to church and I know about God, and we would receive this life-giving relationship that we wake up tomorrow morning and throughout the whole day, God, we get to experience you moment by moment, day by day. God, that you would transform our understanding of what it means to follow you. That God, when we experience blessing the question in our heart wouldn't be what is this going to do for me God that we would be just seeking your heart God how are you going to bless other people through what you've blessed me with God help us to not be so selfish and to not be so self-centered help us to know that our lives are not about us that the worst thing that we could be filled with is ourself. We don't make lives, God, by what we receive. We, we make a life by what we give away. So help us to realize that your gifts in our lives are not testimonies of our worthiness or self-esteem, but they are opportunities to serve other people when we release them. Thanks for listening. This podcast has been a production of Vortex Church in Albemarle, North Carolina. For more information on our church, we encourage you to visit us online at vortexchurch.com.